Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw the place where Jesus was staying and stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. When he brought him to Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's Gospel passage is our first Sunday Gospel in the return to the liturgical season of ordinary time. The anticipation of the Advent season and the joy of the Christmas season are now behind us, and we move into a rather short stretch of ordinary time that will conclude on Ash Wednesday, which is actually on Valentine's Day this year. And what a great way to kick off ordinary time with a look at the vocations of some of the apostles of Jesus. Vocations are a rather significant topic for us today, both in the church and in the secular world. I suspect that most everyone listening to this podcast is well aware of the religious vocations crisis in this country. It seems that fewer and fewer people are being called to the priesthood, the diaconate, and religious life as nuns and brothers. The numbers are staggering, and they give us cause for understandable fear about what lies ahead for the Catholic Church. Truth be told, the problem isn't unique to Catholics. All faiths in this country are experiencing a decline. The number of people coming forward to be Jewish rabbis and Protestant ministers has dropped off significantly as well. Even many of the megachurches are struggling. My previous job before launching UTG at Work was all about helping the church to find a way to continue to evangelize despite the priest shortage that we're experiencing. Our team was charged with restructuring the Archdiocese of Detroit into families of parishes. I could go on for quite some time about that topic, but suffice to say that families of parishes give us a structure that will allow us to continue to serve the people of God with fewer and fewer priests. Now, lots of people like to talk to me about the religious vocations crisis, probably because I'm a deacon, and they often have ideas about what they think we should do to fix it. I know these people are well-intended, but they often bring ideas that just don't hold water. They say things like, if we just had women priests, we'd solve this problem. Or if we just had married priests, we'd solve this problem. Well, it's true that either of these things would provide a temporary bump in the number of priests. Other faiths which have both women and married ministers are also experiencing declines. They say, if the church weren't so harsh on this issue or that issue, we'd solve this problem. And while it's true that the church can and always should be inviting and pastoral, 
If she were to suddenly decide that something that our Lord and Savior taught us is no longer true, then she would be nothing more than a liar and a cheat. We exist because we are the church that Jesus created, and he told us what's true and what's not. Our mission is to work in his name to save people from sin and to help them get to heaven. For 2,000 years now, we've held strong to what he taught us, never bowing to the popular opinions of any given time. As much as society today wants us to be inclusive, welcoming, and open to any and all ways of life, the fact is that Jesus spoke more about hell than any other person in the Bible. He didn't mince words about the fact that there's a right way and there's a wrong way. We can't just take a vote and decide based on popular opinion that God was wrong about the world that he created. So, what can we do about the religious vocations crisis that we're experiencing? I think there are three very important things that we can do to allow the church to continue to thrive until Jesus comes again. First, we need to be very intentional about praying for an increase in religious vocations. This type of prayer has a twofold effect. It gives us a united voice to God in asking for something that we need, but it's also a visible sign to people who may be contemplating a religious vocation for themselves that they need to pray more intently about what God is asking of them. In fact, it's possible that if you are praying more regularly for an increase in religious vocations, you may find that you yourself have a calling. Second, we need to find ways to clear the noise. God isn't calling fewer people to religious vocations today than in the past. Rather, we're simply not listening. And why aren't we listening? Because we're so distracted by our connectivity with our phones and our social media that we don't have the time or the clarity of mind to listen to God speak to us in the silence. Now, please don't think that I'm an old-school technophobe who longs for the days of typewriters and wired phones. I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering and a master's degree in industrial engineering. I love technology, productivity, and continuous improvement. I'm that guy who plays with every function on a new car until I understand it, and who continually reorganizes the stuff in my cabinets to put the most used commodities up front. I drive my wife crazy at times. But honest prayer with our God and Creator takes quiet time. It takes contemplation. And it takes not just asking God for things, but also listening for His direction. We can't clearly hear God call when we're scrolling on our phone, texting, or the like. And third, we need to be willing to expand our definition of what a vocation is if we're really going to do what God is asking of each of us. Far too often we want to define a vocation as being a priest or a deacon or a nun or someone committed to a religious order. These are religious vocations, and they are quite important to be sure. But God calls us to other vocations which are often not as well appreciated as religious vocations. Marriage is a vocation. The single life is a vocation. Motherhood and fatherhood are vocations. And very importantly, work is a vocation. You see, God actually calls everyone to a vocation. He cares enough about each person individually that is a plan for everyone, including you. If you're willing to clear the noise and spend some time praying about it, and most importantly listening to what God asks of you, then you will eventually find your vocation. For you who are members of UTG at work, one of the vocations that God calls you to is your job. He doesn't want your job to be a place where you check your faith at the door. No, he wants you to live your vocation and your faith while you're there. That's why we do what we do, including these podcasts. We want to walk with you and make it easier for you to live your faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. 
But in all vocations, and I would argue most especially at work, it can be hard to act on God's call. We may be able to discern in prayer what God wants us to do, but doing it can be scary, even intimidating. If you feel that way, you're not alone. Many of the great prophets of the Old Testament struggled to live out their vocations as well. And this is where the second of the six good habits from Unleash the Gospel comes into play. That habit is confidence in God. Even when we struggle, we can take comfort in trusting that God will guide us. As St. Therese taught, we give the Lord our best effort, but it's He who will bring the increase. In some ways, confidence in God is a bit of a crutch, or at least it is for me. When something is beyond my ability to fix or too entangled for me to untie, I simply turn it over to God and say, I trust that you will solve this. Indeed, Pope John XXIII was reported to have said every night before going to bed, Lord, it's your church, I'm going to bed. He knew that his role as Pope was overwhelmingly complex and that he could never figure it out, but he had confidence in God that he could. Let's be honest here. It's easy for me to say that you should be a joyful missionary disciple at work, that you should boldly live your faith in the workplace. But the realities that you face in trying to do it are probably well beyond anything that I can appreciate or maybe even understand. The good news is that your strength comes from God himself, and you can have confidence that he is always at your side. God called you to the vocation of work, and he asked you to be his disciple even there. But he's always there with you. You can have confidence in that. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.